today on Real Radio. Nowhere does God put you in a headlock to make you follow him. Did you know that? He will never yoke you up to a burden and drive you like a slave. God delivers you out of slavery. It's all about a loving relationship. That's what God wants with you. And if you don't have that, you need that. Welcome to Real Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. On today's edition of Real Radio, Pastor Jack now continues his series called Anchored, a study in 1 Peter, with a message called All in the Family. You know, the Apostle Peter was one of the disciples of Christ who later on became the leader of the first church. Now, there were times when Peter failed the Lord, that's true, but he learned that through Christ's forgiveness and compassion, he could find joy even in the midst of failure, sorrow, and pain. It's also why Peter challenges us to live holy, love others, and to submit to God's authority. There are times when life just isn't easy, that's the truth. The Lord taught us through Peter's letter and through his word to engage our culture, not in anger or violence, but through love and kindness. That way others will see the difference that Christ has made in our own lives. So today on day one of this message, Pastor Jack tells us that as children of God, we are all in the family. And as God's children, ultimately, we're no longer under the world's influence. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to set us free from sin and the shame of the past and we can follow him knowing that he is a loving father. He always wants what's best for us. And now in a message called All in the Family, here's pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs. Well, I'm going to ask all of you to open your Bibles. In fact, men, you just sat down. Can you stand everybody again? Let's all stand. Oh, come on, guys. We need the exercise. But all of us, let's stand. Let's all stand. First Peter, turn to First Peter chapter 1. And this will be very simple this morning as we are going verse by verse, uh, chapter by chapter through the book of Peter. Uh, today we'll find ourselves in three powerful verses. And it's 1 Peter chapter 14, or 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14, 15, and 16. I will read the even numbered verses, and if you would read verse 15 out loud out of the New King James Version Bible. New King James. If you don't have New King James, don't say a word. Just hum along. Just, just hum. <laughs> Nice and loud. I'll begin verse 14. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance. But as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Because as it is written, be holy for I am holy. Let's pray. Father, we ask you to give us ears to hear what your Holy Spirit, the author of the Bible, Speaking through Peter, 2,000 years later, 21 centuries, to our ears this morning. We pray, Father, that we as a church family, as the family of God, would receive from you, Lord, your truth for this age, for this day. You are the God that is always relevant. It's for us, Lord, to obey you and thereby, Lord, be effective and meaningful in life. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated, and uh, today we're looking at a message entitled, All in the Family. How many of you are Christians this morning? Raise your hand. According to God's Word, we are in the family of God. God is the designer of family. 
He created the structure of it. It is God. It's amazing to realize there's a lot of religious writings in the world, but the Bible stands out and beyond all of them. Just the audacity of the Bible, not to mention the accuracy of the Bible, the prophetic nature of the Bible, the Bible's ability to speak into every human heart and mind, the Bible's ability, as the word of itself says, that it has the power to cut between the bone and the marrow or the thoughts and the intentions of your own heart and mind. The power of God's word, the Bible. The Bible is loved. It's the most loved book in the world. It's the most hated book in the world. It's pretty amazing. Nobody's smuggling uh, the Tibetan book of the dead into China. Nobody's smuggling books of Mormon into inland China or Saudi Arabia. But on an ongoing basis, people are smuggling the Bible into countries that have forbidden the Bible. They may tolerate all kinds of cults and religions, but the Bible cannot be allowed in totalitarian regimes. Why? Because the power of the Bible changes a person from the inside out. And when that happens, God brings you into his family. We saw last week that God's family is made up of Jew and Gentile alike, that God says he's no respecter of persons. And so Peter is writing to a people made of Jew and Gentile who have come into one family, the family of God. And we saw that in our previous study last week. In fact, just look back up into verse 13. One of the most powerful verses in 1 Peter, verse 13 said, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Get control of your mind. Bring it under control to God's word. Be sober. Remember what that word meant? Take the level and put the bubble that's in the glass right in the middle. Have a level mind and a level life. Be thinking levelly, not skewed one way or the other, but be balanced. And to rest your hope fully, that is with all weight, with all trust, with all of your person upon the grace, and I loved it, the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Remarkable, that grace. Listen, church, the amount of grace it took to get you out of bed this morning and will get you here and through this day is huge. You and I will never know it fully, but God's grace to get you out of bed and live this day is epic in scope, huge. Listen, I gotta be honest with you. All the pastors already know this. I told them this morning. I didn't wanna come here today. I was with you last week and I enjoyed myself, but I also really enjoyed vacation. I don't know if it's jet lag or what, but I had a hard time getting out of bed this morning. And I, 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 I was tempted in my mind, I'm gonna call in sick. <laughs> and then the Lord said, but you're not sick. But Lord, I kinda maybe feel a little sick. And I came and uh, I stepped up to the podium at first service, didn't wanna be here. But uh, as I got into the word, it, it got into me. And I was reminded that I've been transformed. Listen, my body had to take a, a, a back seat to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you didn't want to be here today either. I, I sympathize with you. But maybe God has you here for a purpose. But I can tell you this right now, that inside of you, if you're a believer, there's a whole new agenda afoot. There's a whole new will that's in action. And the Bible says that God's grace is not only upon your life to get you through today, but we studied last week that it's God's grace that is going to arrive at what point, at, at what event? Look at verse 13 at the end. 
at the revelation of Jesus Christ. God is bringing, imagine, hallelujah, the moment Christ descends from heaven, there's going to be a, 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 a bucket load of grace poured upon your life in that very second. And we're going to need that like an elevator, as it were, to pick us up and we'll be received into the everlasting arms of Jesus. God's grace is abounding. And the believer appreciates that. But right here today in this moment, understand this, that God's grace is at work and the redemptive work of Christ, listen, in two phases, Christ died at the cross for your sins and that is finished. He rose again from the dead for your justification and that's how you get to heaven, by putting your trust in him. But in a very real way, God's redemptive work is yet to be completed. That at the revelation of Jesus, it will all be done. The dead will be resurrected who believed in Christ or those of us, please, Lord, may it be today that when the trumpet is blown, the shout is given and we will be transformed in a moment, the Bible says, in a twinkling of an eye, we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. What a tremendous glory that is. And right off the heels of that, Peter now begins to introduce us to verse 14. So as we continue on with these series of exhortations, if you're a note taker, write it down. All of us in the family of God, where do we begin? All in the family are children. Will you write that down? God says in his Bible that we are children. Verse 14 opens up with three words, as obedient children. Let's look at that for a moment. The word child or children that's used here is not a spoiled child, it's not an ignorant child, it's not a child that is in rebellion. There's words in the Greek language, there's words in the Bible for that. God doesn't use that word in the authorship of verse 14. The Holy Spirit uses a word that means this, a child who follows his father. As obedient children, the child of God desires to follow his father. Look, children, especially when they're young, it's, the problem is when they get older. I agree with Mark Twain. Mark Twain said that you know, when you have little kids and all that kind of stuff, as they begin to grow up, there comes a point in time where you, you know, when they, they get about 12 or 13 years of age, age, Mark Twain said, at that point, you put them in a 55-gallon barrel <laughs> with a hole in it, and you feed them through the hole. From about 13, he said, to about 21, when they reach about the age of 21, you just seal up the hole. But when children are young, have you noticed that when they're young, all they want to do is please you? It's the cutest thing in the world. You can say something to them like, can you bring Papa or can you bring Daddy uh, the paper? Can you, can you bring me that? Can you bring? And they just get all excited. In fact, just yesterday, we were babysitting our grandsons and my uh, five and a half year old grandson, Ollie, uh, he said, Papa, Papa, can I help you with anything? Isn't that great? Yeah, oh, I heard that. Isn't that great? That's what, that's what I thought. Oh, God. This is what I thought in my mind. Oh, God, may he never lose that. <laughs> right? There's something in a child. Isn't it awesome that Jesus said, for you and I to enter the kingdom of heaven, we must become like a little child, believing, trusting, obedient. It's sweet. And that's the word that's here, that you and I, as children of God, we are now in obedience to our Father. Now, look, um, I don't know how to tell you this except just tell you the truth. Uh, you belong to either one of two families in this world right now. Did you know that? 
And the Bible says that you and I are either children of God or children of Satan. So, man, that's what? Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Uh, humanism says something different, does it not? Uh, humanism says something like, we're all... Well, what's funny about humanism, actually, is that it's atheistic most often, and it is uh, unbelieving in God, and, and man is the focal point of his universe, right? Humanism. But when it does employ religion, it will always say, we're all of the brotherhood of God. We are all one. We are all children. You know, Jesus said... <laughs> Jesus said, if you don't know your Bible, you are either of your father, which is above, or you are of your father, which is from beneath, the devil. If you don't like what I just said, take it up with God. He said you belong to a family. It's either one or the other. And you might say today, how can I believe in a family that I don't believe exists? I don't believe in God. Well, Jesus made it very clear. There's a family of unbelief. There's a family that says no to God, no to God's will, no to God's word. I will not have God rule and reign in my life. And yet the child of God, it is our delight to follow God. The word obedient here means to simply follow. It's a powerful word. As obedient children, Peter's giving a statement of assumption. This is, this is given. This is what Christians do. Now look, this is a second service today. And uh, you're here right now, but you do know that coming to church does not make you a Christian. Declaring yourself to be a Christian does not make you a Christian. Your membership in a church doesn't make you a Christian. None of those things have any value of you entering heaven, none whatsoever. There's only one way for you to become a real true child of God, and that is to be in the family. And to be in the family, Jesus said you must be born again. And to be born again, you must respond to the Holy Spirit's birthing in your life. And listen, you're in an earthly family. You have a last name, and you know who's in your family. And God is saying and implying strongly that all of us that are in the family, that we know that we're in this family, that God has given us this family. In fact, look back in verse uh, 2 of this chapter. Listen to the awesome grace and brilliance of this. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. He says that we are the elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. That means God picked you, chose you, before the world, before time ever began. That's the word foreknowledge. In sanctification of God the Spirit... So now you've got God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's job to do a work in you. You're going to remember that here in a moment. You're going to want to anyway. It's the Holy Spirit's job to sanctify you. Notice, for what? For obedience and sprinkling of the blood of God the Son. That's Jesus Christ. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit at work in one verse in your life as a believer. If you're a child of God, think the Trinity is at work in your life. Is that awesome? Look, uh, we're working around here. The church is being uh, remodeled and all this stuff. And there's cones out here so you don't trip over stuff and all that. There's indicators that work is underway. And all over your life, maybe we should put those cones on our head because we are a, a work. We're, we're under construction in our lives as believers. God is at work in all of his children's life. He's at work in your life. But we inherit, by the way, uh, characteristics of family. It's true spiritually. It's true in nature. 
Uh, for example, um, what do you have, what, what did you get from your mom and dad? Did you get your dad's ears or your mom's nose? What is it? You know, you can look in pictures. You can determine that. And uh, we may or may not like that. It all depends on, <laughs> it all depends, you know. You may look and say, man, I got this and I got that. Hey, well, listen, that's just the way that it is. It is genetically passed down and it is you. And in the same token, spiritually, there's a spiritual DNA that's passed down to all of us who are children of God, that we've come to faith in Christ. In the flesh, there's things that you and I pick up. But look, there are things communicated by DNA. And then in our home life, there are things in this natural life, there are things that have been communicated to us by what is known as learned response behavior. You may have seen your, when bad news came to your home, you may have seen your mom or your dad go to prayer. And from an early age, you learn to pray. In fact, I see it in these services. It's so beautiful. You guys only attend one service on Sunday. I attend all three. And uh, I sit in various places and I watch. And I see worship. There's always near the back where the little kids are at. During worship, mom or dad's got their hands up. And you, and you see little junior, uh, his hands go up. He's a, he doesn't know what he's doing, but he, what's he, he's re learned response behavior. He's watching dad. Dad's got his hands up. Junior puts his hands up. Why? Because dad's got his hands up. Trouble may have come to your home as a child, and then you saw your dad not go to prayer, but he went to Jim Beam. He went to the altar of Jack Daniels. And you learned how to deal with your problems by drinking, because you saw your dad respond to challenges by drinking. Learned response behavior. In the same token, God shows us his spiritual nature, and the Holy Spirit comes inside the believer and teaches us on how to walk with God, how to follow him. And what do we wind up doing? When we were once of a different father in this world, now we are of a new father in a heavenly world, and we learn how now to deal with problems differently, don't, don't we? And we uh, work through life completely following him, being a child of God. The obedience that's spoken about here, it's a very uh, wonderful word. It means that we, we, we uh, desire to follow. Friends, this is important to me. All of you hear this loud and clear. Share this with your friends. Nowhere does God put you in a headlock to make you follow him. Did you know that? He will never yoke you up to a burden and drive you like a slave. God delivers you out of slavery. It's all about a loving relationship. That's what God wants with you. And if you don't have that, you need that. When you see him, your heart wells up with love for him. Just like a young child to a father. And so dad puts on his boots and he works in the yard. And you see Junior try to put his little size two foot in a size 12 boot. And he's trying to follow in dad's steps. That's a beautiful thing. And think of yourself spiritually. You and I are following God. And he, that's all he says is you, you come, let's go, let's do this. And it's a joy to walk in obedience. He's not going to put you in a headlock. He'll invite you to come. He invited you to come into the family in the first place, and he invites you to walk with him all the way through to the end. God is good that way. Verse 14 goes on, follow it with me, that we are to be now not conforming or a nonconformist, we would say, ourselves to the former lust. You got to circle the word former. It means who you and I were before. Do you remember that? Do you remember you used to have these, uh, oh, watch, uh, how do I put it? These 
spontaneous impulses to obey the demands of another. Whatever my flesh wanted, I went with it. Now, I asked questions later. I thought this, I grabbed it, that was it, and then I thought about the consequences. I was in the world. What are you looking at me like that for? You're so, you're like, you? Are we, are we, uh, are we, uh, are we here? We're all here? So do you remember your former lust? He does and she does. Yes, you do. Listen, I tell you what, well, you know what? Maybe you don't. Maybe you're still in them. And you've never been born into the family, so you don't know what former is. But I go to church every Sunday. Ain't no matter. Think of it. I just made that up, by the way. Think, I think that's God talking to us. Maybe there is no former in your life. I've never had a change. I just go to church and I just, I've always done my thing. Whatever I want, I do. If it's at his expense, if it's at her expense, I grab all the gusto I can. I live for me. It's me, myself, and I. I keep in touch with myself. I'm a legend in my own mind. The world's here to serve me. The world is mine. Ooh. But for those of us who once were like that and Christ got a hold of us and showed us his love and his grace and his power to forgive, we remember the former lust and they're dangerous to us. They're scary. And they come in all kinds of forms. But they're dangerous. And he says, watch out. Don't conform to those former lusts. You want to know why this is important? The word conform means to fall back into the mold to fall back into the mold. The world is, listen, the world is holding its mold of your old life. It's there, you know it's there. It says things like this, hey, you wanna get back in? Oh, come on, just slide back in. I'm waiting for you. You know that temptation? And you resist it, you fight. This is the life of the Christian. And Peter is saying, watch out, don't go back to that mold, that silhouette, that cast that had once been your life. Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Radio, in a message called All in the Family. We're so glad you joined us today. And our hope is that you are wrapped up and under the safe haven of Jesus Christ, who loves you and wants you to know him as your personal savior. All in the Family is part of Pastor Jack's series called Anchored, a study in 1 Peter. It's a series that takes us through the life and times of the Apostle Peter, whose love for Jesus Christ carried him through great persecution and whose compassion for others still inspires us today. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Radio. You know, there are a lot of voices out there shouting this and that, spreading their own personal agendas. But Peter warns us not to conform to worldly opinions and instead set ourselves apart from them. One thing that can help us, though, is that we fill our minds and our hearts with the Word of God and to have a quiet time with the Lord. You see, He speaks to us with a still small voice, but His words, they're powerful enough to change our lives for the better. So, if you have yet to start a devotional time or you just need some direction, we would love to help you with that. Pastor Jack has new weekly devotions on his website that he's personally written and that includes a Bible verse and a conversation that relates to specific verses. So simply go to reallifewithjackhibbs.org, click on that Devotions tab. You'll also find previous devotions you can tap into and enjoy every day of the week. There's even a link where you can email us if you've been blessed and you want to share your experience. Again, go to our website, reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. 
www.rrmedia.org. And if you need to get a hold of us for any reason, you can call us at 877-RR-RADIO. That's 877-777-2346. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 1273, Chino Hills, California, 91709. And don't forget, we have other ways to connect with us, such as Facebook, Instagram, and the Real Life with Jack Hibbs app. Or you can visit our website at reallifewithjackhibbs.org and click right there on our contact tab. It's real easy, and we'd be happy to get back to you. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. I'm David J. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Radio.